Praise the Lord, everyone. Well, I, <clears throat> I think it goes without saying that uh, we are all... Um, we are all observing these times. And as I was listening to Pastor uh, speak, I was thinking about what it would have been like to be Daniel. Now, he's talking about what Daniel said. And it's been amazing. And as he teaches, you know, my mind will... If you've been in church for years, so if you haven't been... And you, and you are overwhelmed by how we are able to pull scriptures together and everything, please understand that Pastor and I have been in church at least three times a week, probably since our infancy. So if you've heard Bible three times a week, we're in our 60s. You do the math. So don't get overwhelmed because you can't do that. You're beginning your 60s of three times a week. And even though most churches don't meet on Fridays anymore for youth service, and the whole church came then, we have extended Bible studies on Monday night that you can listen to online even if you can't get here. There's a number that, and Pastor has got what we call Zoom, which people love to hate because it reminds us of COVID. But he has purchased enough spaces for up to 40 or 50 people to listen outside of the building you don't even have to come you just log in put your headsets on i listen at home but i have i love daniel because i love the man his story moves me so i thought we would go at this a little differently i thought maybe we would look at the personal side of his story so um thank you pastor for your kind words i i told him i'd buy him a hamburger if he said that I'm going to tell you this. I won't tell you any more than this. We will be married 47 years in November. He can still get me. He does it all the time. He sets me up. He's an only child. What can I say? I am so gullible. I just follow right along, and then he turns around and does the gotcha. And I could just kill him, but I have to laugh. And I don't want to laugh. I want to be mad. But, yeah, okay, you crack jokes. So you, you're getting this. All right. So if you look on your screen, you should see a timeline of this young man's life. Now, please understand, I, if he were alive today, or if I, better yet, had been alive in his time, I would have never been able to speak to him. First of all, I couldn't have understood his language. Secondly, our social status removed us from each other's circles immediately. Thirdly, um, I wouldn't have had access. Men and women just simply did not talk like that, N not even casually, certainly not, and very rarely formally. So I want you to look at this. Uh, it is estimated that at 13, do we have any 13-year-olds in the building? I just want to see your hand. Do we have any? They're downstairs. So it, is anybody 16 in the building? Mm. Okay. Yes, in your mind. I know. 
So I want you to think about your children and your relatives at 13 to 17 being taken captive. We are seeing it happen in Israel. There's a one-year-old baby. He was 10 months old when he was taken. He turned one. Just want you to understand captivity. We say that word so lightly. These people were brutal. The Bible said that the people that took Jerusalem were a bitter and hasty nation. They showed no mercy to old people, little kids, pregnant women. And we saw that, didn't we? We don't want to think about it, but this is what it is. He studies for three years. <clears throat> and then when he was 16, okay, somewhere between 16 and 20, he had to stand in front of his captor and be quizzed, not on a piece of paper, a conversation in that language that he had studied for three years in another language. Oh, and I didn't tell you this, but they changed their names. They stripped them of all their identity. They dressed them in the costume of the time, whatever that was. They didn't get a choice, they're captives. I just want to go through the timeline, then we'll break it down. He was examined by Nebuchadnezzar at 18 years old. Are there any 18-year-olds in the building? Could I just see your hand? He's the one who interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream. 18. 18 years old. At 34... And I put the chapters so that you could see. At 34, he wasn't present, but all four of his friends that came with him, probably the same age, were thrown into the fiery furnace. Anybody here 34? 34? 34. Watched his friends thrown into the fiery furnace. 16 years later... Uh, that was after 18. I, that, I want you to understand the later part there. So he interpreted his captor's dream, and then 16 years later, he watched the people that had been with him and respected thrown into the furnace. And then two years, excuse me, I'm having trouble seeing, 23 years later, 23 years after the deliverance from the fiery furnace, are y'all just listening to me? 23 years after the deliverance from the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar loses his mind. How old was Daniel when Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind? 57 years old. Anybody here in their 50s? 57. And then seven to nine years later, after Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind, and God restored him, he died. Daniel is now 64 to 66. Anybody in that age bracket with me? Mm -hmm. 64 to 66. When one to three years after Nebuchadnezzar dies, Daniel at the age of 67 to 71 sees the visions. God is not ageist. 
God does not put limits around us because of our age. We do that to ourselves. I'm looking at the timeline of a man whose words remain, who was probably made a eunuch at 13. No little children for him to carry his name. No wife, a single, singly dedicated to God. In a foreign land, in clothes, he didn't choose. With a name, he didn't choose. Working for people, he was forced to serve, but he served a limitless God. We're going we're gonna to break it down. I just want to take my time because I want you to think about there's nobody in this building who doesn't fit in one of the ages I'm talking about here. Everybody could make this journey with Daniel. You're at one of his ages. I don't know if you found yourself yet. It's coming. One to three years after Nebuchadnezzar died, he sees the visions of Daniel 7. And then when he's 71, Belshazzar, the one who takes the golden cups from the temple, he's appointed king. Is there anyone in their 70s in the building? Change of administration, a different administration, a different nation. He's gone through how many of them? He's appointed king, and I don't know to what extent Daniel is serving Belshazzar. I can infer that Daniel might have been in some kind of semi-retirement because Belshazzar didn't know about him. Okay? So when Daniel is 72 to 73, now wait a minute. It took him from 67 to 71 to see Daniel 7. One to two years later, when he's 72 or 73, he gets the interpretation of what he saw when he was 71. Made him sick. Literally made him physically ill. He, that's Daniel 8. When he turns 80, what is that? Seven to eight years later, 80 years old. Belshazzar sees a hand on the wall. 80. Is there anybody 80 in the building? Have you written yourself off? Are you just coasting? Because you're 80? He was 80 when they called him in to interpret a hand on the wall, seven years later when he got sick, seven years later, Daniel the fifth chapter happens. Now, please understand that these chapters were not written in chronological order. I'm putting them in terms of how old he was when each happened. So Daniel 5 is where the hand is on the wall. He's 80 years old. Seven years after he gets the interpretation of Daniel 7, which he then writes in Daniel 8. One year later, the conquerors assume the throne. 
Nebuchadnezzar's people are gone and a new guy's in, Darius, under King Cyrus. And somewhere between the ages of 81 and 83, that old man got thrown into the lion's den. See what you have to look forward to? Eighty-one to eighty-three. Two years after the new administration comes in, he's still not safe. This is what's happened in Israel. Still not safe. Seventy-five years later, still not safe at any time. From somewhere to eighty-three to ninety. Somewhere from eighty-three to ninety. 83 years old to 90. Not 25, not 34, 83 to 90. He sees Daniel 9, 10, 11, 12. And I want you to see some of the things I've pointed out, and I don't know what kind of slides we're going to be using here. I, I, I want to make the first, the first point I want to make, and I apologize. I ha pastor had to help me, so they're out. I would have made that emphatic. Number one, if you're writing down, I want you to listen to me. Daniel was a victim of circumstances. I just sketched out his entire life for you in 12 chapters in chronological order from 13 to 90. Where are you? Are you in Babylon? What are you going through? Because there's nobody in our church that isn't. If we're not careful, we will limit God based on our age and circumstance. We'll do it. He was a victim of circumstance. He was taken captive. Is it possible that God can see you, Brother John Reagan, at Arlington in a bed and you're supposed to fold your hands and say, it's over for me? How old is he? 79. He's right on time. I think we give up too easily. I think we listen to despair too easily. I think we say, I've been through marital problems. You don't know where my kids are. You don't know my family. No, I don't. But if you're part of the human race, you're going to experience what Daniel did. You're going to be a victim of circumstance. And you may very well be taken captive by them against your will. Nobody... Nobody had the power to fight circumstance. How powerful are you? <laughs> I fell. What did I do wrong? Whose fault is it? Here we go down the road of this happened. If I wouldn't have, if only, just stop it now. You serve the God of heaven and earth. He shows off in the middle of captivity and circumstances. You and I are being pounded to disbelieve that he really is 
Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, that he really does make something out of nothing, that he really can speak in an instant and things are done. If you and I are not careful, we will miss the message of a man who was castrated at 13 and just got started in his 80s. Everybody's clamoring to understand what that old man wrote. It is written in the book of Joel. In the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters. You know what that means? That means people that are in relationship to God will see their children. It's relational. God is relational. It's not how smart you are, how loud you can play, how many languages you can speak. He was taken captive. And I'm preaching to Brother John laying on that bed. Romans 8:28 speaks to your captivity. And we know, and we know that all things work together. Lift your hands right now. I'm a captive. We know. Romans tells us what Daniel couldn't. He was living what Paul preached. I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. I don't want this. I don't want to be here. And we know. All things work together for good. Next slide. Nebuchadnezzar besieged Jerusalem. I want you to get your Bibles out now. And I want you to get your phone out. And wherever you see a scripture, I want you to open it up. I didn't do what Pastor did. I'm not putting it on the screen. I want you to read it. Get your phone and turn to Daniel 1 and 1. You thought Brother Easter was hard. You get that iPad out right now. Because I want you to see this. I want you to read it for yourself. Can you put it up, Sister Tracy? I'll let them look for a minute. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, I want you to see it in your Bible on your phone. Came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon unto Jerusalem. That is the main event. Jerusalem is the main thing. It's the main place of your life. Came to the main event and surrounded it. You feel besieged? So do I. Next verse. And the Lord. Everybody say, what does your Bible say? And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. <laughs> and the Lord allowed me to fall. And the Lord allowed my foot to give out. And the Lord allowed my back 
to give out. And the Lord allowed my shoulder to give out. And the Lord took my mother. And the Lord took my daddy. And the Lord took my husband. And the Lord took my wife. At some point, you are going to have to see the hand of the Lord in everything that happens to you. Or you're going to always feel like a victim. Whom do you serve? Let God be God. Let God be Lift your hands right now. Who do you serve? Circumstance. We all want to study his prophecy. I want you to study his life. Everybody wants to know what it meant. Do you know what it cost the man that wrote it? And the Lord gave him, he gave the king of Judah take him. And part of the vessels say, well, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Yes, but it's going to have a whole lot to do with Daniel. Oh, Lord. Next slide. You keep your Bible ready because I got more. The king told his eunuchs in that first chapter, just keep it open so that you can find it while I'm telling it. You need to stop just sitting there letting me spoon feed you. You look in your Bible. You go look at it. You look and find out. The king told his eunuchs, choose. We're going to take them all, but I want you to pick some standouts. 13 years old. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about children. Even a child is known by his doings. Don't you ever discount little kids. They are revealing their character as young as five. Their behaviors are going to show you their bent when they're little, which is why the Bible talks about correcting them. You are watchful because we are all flesh and we are subject to everything that flesh does. And he said, I don't know anything about their God, but I'm telling you, you find me some standouts. First of all, I want them to be from the king's house. Because I know those children are going to have some training. If you compare yourself to the world, the, the Jews would call them dogs. They have no home training. They know no respect to authority, no respect to adults, no respect to a holy place. And Americans are among the worst. They want to wear their shorts, their cutoffs, low tops into holy places around the world. And it is so bad that people of pagan religions will bring out cloth and covers to cover our nakedness. Because we want to be free. He said, I want some kids that have had some home training. That's what they call them in the South. That understand authority. That know how to respect people. That treat everybody. They've been trained in respect. We don't dress like we dress to show off what we've got. There is an invisible presence when we walk into the house of the Lord. We cover what needs covering and we enter with humility because we stand in the presence of a holy God on holy ground. And Nebuchadnezzar understood it. Lift your hands right now. We have to praise the Lord. Let the 
church say amen. amen. This is not the bowling alley. This is not a pickleball game. This is the presence of Jehovah. Let your faith manifest in the way you present yourself. A living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. Give me kings, kids. I want their dads to be leaders in the church. I'm going to go back a generation. I want to see what their parents were like. If God chose our children on the basis of how we behave, whom would he pick? Everybody wants to lay it at the feet of the children. But Nebuchadnezzar said, let me look at their parentage first. Let me see how their parents lived and act. And I'll tell you about their children. If they were faithful to the church, their children probably will be. If their parents prayed, their children probably will. If their parents gave, their children probably will. We cannot be happy hearted and expect our children to be passionate and fiery for God. Wake up! Lift your hands right now and feel the Holy Ghost. Joshua said, choose you this day. I feel like you, I'm tired, but I'm going to tell you something. I can give up distractions. I can give up my phone easier than I can give up church. I'm telling you now I need to be here on Wednesday dead tired and dragging myself to the back. I've got to be here. There is something about being here together that changes my mind and my spirit and my emotions. Raise your hands again. I'm telling you if Nebuchadnezzar knew it Say, well, they're too little. They won't know. Nebuchadnezzar said, let me see their parents. And I'll choose their children. My God. He said, I want them to be unblemished, well-favored. The Lord never said, I'll deny you on the basis of your dyslexia. But he never gave us permission to use our inadequacies as an excuse for giving him less. You're so hard. I'm telling you the truth. If you limp, you limp for Jesus. If you have trouble reading, you go slower, but you read for Jesus. If you have trouble spelling, you take twice as long, but you learn to do it because you are a king's child. And you were chosen, not by Nebuchadnezzar, but by God. He said, I want him skillful in wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. People who are disrespectful of God's house, God's people, and God's places aren't skillful in wisdom. They don't know how things work. I don't want my children to be associated with that. 
because I'm training them. I say, Sister Shostrin, you're so hard. I'm training my children. If Nebuchadnezzar can see it, I can see it. Knowledgeable. That means they're teachable. That means they spent time learning from people who know something and they don't raise their hand and say, I don't agree with that. They shut their mouth, they listen, they learn and they do what they're taught to do. I taught so many children who couldn't get past their emotional issues to even turn in a paper on time. If you're going to be a child like Daniel, you're going to have to take direction, correction and do it with yes ma'am, yes sir. When it's time, when it's due, that's what God's looking for. We live in a culture that praises rebellion against authority. Daniel submitted to it and lived to be 90 and we're still reading his word. God gave that man our future. He didn't cut corners to get there. He submitted. He said, I want them to have scientific understanding. I want them to learn about the world they're in. I want to see if they know. Did you think those Jewish children just sat there and played video games and ate candy? They were being trained from the time they were little. I want them to be able to serve in the king's house. Next slide. And here we go. Here they were. These were their names. Daniel, God is my judge. Do you know what that means? To separate yourself from a crowd and say, I don't care what you think about me. God is my judge. There goes TikTok influencers. He was raised with a God is my judge mentality. You know what that does? You can't hurt me because I'm standing in front of somebody greater than both of us. I'm still in Daniel 1. Hananiah, God has favored. Azariah, who is what God is? You know, that's a rhetorical question. What he's saying is, ain't nobody... Nebuchadnezzar is not what God is. That name was meant for captivity. Because every time they said Mishael, when they were having a rough moment, who is what God is? I have to remind myself, cancer, who is what Mishael? <laughs> oh, uh, financial problems. I fell. I hurt myself. I've got to have surgery. I'm having insurance problems. Who is what God is? These are all the issues of captivity and circumstance. Yeah. And then the last one, Azariah. Jehovah has helped Imagine with a name like that and being a victim of circumstance. Having a name 
and still going down into captivity. Having a name and still having cancer. Having a name. Do you understand what the name of Jesus is supposed to do for us? It is supposed to take us into such places, through them and out of them, with nothing left but the name and faith in the name. I don't care where you are. God never intended for you to be captive to your captors. He intended for you to stand like Daniel so that he could show you you a light in the middle of darkness. He wanted to make a difference in you so he could make a difference in them. Sent those four children. God is my judge. God is favored. Who is what God is? Jehovah has helped. And they stole that from him. You're not God as my judge. You are the prince. Oh, you're a prince. Let's emphasize your assets. You were raised in the house of a king. Bell favors you. I'm going to tell you the world likes nothing but to get one of our apostolic young people in a classroom and slowly dismantle their faith at college and lead them down a path of debauchery and perversity and then laugh and wipe their hands saying, I took another one down. You listen to me. You don't have to taste the depths of sin to be intelligent and lovely and beautiful and holy and strong and virile. The thing that makes you who you are is not the parties and the partaking. It's the partition between you and the world trying to destroy you and God will let you walk into it and let you walk out of it but you're going to have to be a Daniel to do it or you're going to succumb to the flattery of the prince whom Bell favors because they played to their lust they played to their desires they played to their flesh Shadrach you are a great scribe I discovered that the boy can write your majesty oh we'll use him we're going to call you great scribe that's to flatter you because we're going to work your hands to the bone You're going to have to remember you're not a great scribe, Shadrach. You are the child God favored. Now look at the emphasis on his Jewish name. God favored you. And his Babylonian name. You are great. Who are you working for? How are you being used at work? You better take your Jewish name with you. You better do what apostolics around the world have done since the day of Pentecost. Take the name of Jesus with you. It is a separator. Don't fall prey to their flattery. Don't let people use you. Do your job. Do it well. And know this. That was not your purpose. To be the greatest ever. It was to bring glory to God in a dark place. I feel the Holy Ghost. Lay your hands on your heart and say, Lord, open my eyes. My God, you can't just sit here. This is somebody's life we're talking about. And how he survived his life. 
in captivity. Abednego, oh wait, Meshach. Meshach, we're going to take away who is what God is. You're the guest of a king. Get off of God and let's focus on Nebuchadnezzar. This God you can't even see. What kind of a name is that? Who is what God is? Come be our guest. Guest, you've castrated me. You killed my parents. I'll never see home again. You've made me your slave. You have given me everything to keep my mind off of home. You're going to offer me drugs and wine and sex and rich food so that I will be acquiescent and forget you're all Israel. If we can get them at 13, we'll hook them. We'll enslave them. They'll come when I pull. All I have to do is show them something on their phone. Gotcha. You listening to me? He that the Son has set free. But we're living in captivity. Every stitch of my clothes, I'm going to guarantee you down to my shoes, has a label on it called Made in Well, what's wrong with that? We're part of a system, folks, that we cannot escape. Unless you get a hold of God and you get free up here, we're just going to be pulled by what the news says, by what this culture says. We want to be accepted. We want our children to be accepted. Well, this is the way it is now. Oh, my God, wake Abednego, I know you came here with Jehovah has helped. But to be quite frank, son, you are now the servant of the god Nebo. You're not Azariah here. Our gods don't help. We help our gods. And you need to know that those people did blood sacrifice, child sacrifice, temple prostitution, you had a pretty girl, they take your pretty girl. You have a pretty boy, they take your pretty boy. Let me tell you something, never forget. The paint and the parties and the pomp never could cover the smell of children being used and abused for some rich, perverse person's pleasure. You can't have it both ways. You can't, 21st century church. And all this frittering away at what's wrong with, how come we, it's your identity, born in fire, standing against a culture that wants to disavow that there is a God. And by the way, there's no hell either. So you need not fear any judgment. When you die, there's nothing but oblivion. And the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Yeah. Jesus wasn't telling a parable that day. He was telling a real story about Abraham, Lazarus, and a rich man. Daniel! Where's your mama? Slaughtered. Daniel! 
your daddy murdered on the plains. Daniel, you're free of all authority now. What will you do? You can do anything you want. <sighs> Find it. Find it. Chapter 1. Your Bibles are open. Find it. Daniel, you're 13. You have no parental authority. You are now under the care of a man who is also a eunuch, who has no wife, no brothers. If you had a little sister, you will never see her again. Gone. But there was something they could not take away from him. Daniel said, Daddy's not here to do my bar mitzvah. Mama's not here to cook the Sabbath loaf and burn the candles. Rabbi Abraham isn't here to lead us in the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind. Where are you? I am a victim. No, you're not. Jesus said, the very hair of your head. This was not a prophet writing this, and it wasn't one of the epistles. Jesus said, red letter, the very hair of your head is numbered. You are worth more than many sparrows used in sacrifice. I didn't much like the, com the comparison to a sparrow, the ugly little birds. But he, that shows you how he valued them. That he would compare the ugliest, most common little bird to his creation. Daniel consecrated himself because there was no one else to do it. What do you do when you're alone? When there's no one there telling you don't do this, don't do that. Read your Bible, pray fast. 13 years old, 13 Third, one, three, one, three, in a pagan, godless society. There were no censors to keep him from seeing things. He could see anything he wanted to. Next slide. What does the Bible say to 21st century Daniels? If a man purges himself from these. You and I are past the point of people ringing us up. You coming to church tomorrow? Have you read your Bible today? You know they're going to give you a certificate if you read it all the year through. Did you pay your tithes? Have you given your offering? Do you know? Are you giving anything to God for him to work with so that there's glory in your future? Blah, 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 blah. If a man purges himself, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified. That means each of us can make ourselves as consecrated as Daniel, which is why we are doing a 40-day fast. 
I don't know if you're putting aside media or meals, and I can't congratulate you if you are. This is between you and God. It's to give each of us a chance to recalibrate before the next thing happens. The years between the fiery furnace and the lions. What are you doing, Daniel? Oh, I'm going to parties. No. I'm doing what I did at 13. I'm keeping myself a little bit apart. I may never get to go home. I'm bringing home with me. Prepare to every good work. Flee youthful lust. It's in you. Run. You are not big enough to do a little lust. Nobody is big enough to do a little of anything that has to do with lust. He said, run like Joseph. Follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. But not by yourself. I have church at home. Nope, that ain't going to cut it. You need some people like you with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Would you bow your heads? I have a whole lot more. I cry every time I read about him. Every time. Because I, I can't stand the thought of a 13-year-old child without a mom and a dad. I think he's so superlative. I love his youth. I can't imagine the pain if they really did castrate him. I can't, that just, he was real. He suffered. He believed. Isaiah says to eunuchs, don't say I'm a dried up branch. He said, the Lord's going to make you a pillar. Sometimes there are eunuchs who are single people. There is no one for them, or they haven't found, or they feel isolated. Would you bow your heads? I'm, I'm talking to the Holy Ghost right now. Maybe you've been widowed or divorced, or maybe you never married. Or maybe you were abused as a child. My God, you, you could be a Daniel. You don't have to continue decade after decade dragging your captivity with you. God doesn't want to change your past. He wants to wash it. And keep it with you and heal it and bring it forward into today and use it in your future. I believe I am in the presence of Daniels from 13 to 90. I believe there are people here whom God has called out of darkness into this marvelous light. And you're this old not because of the accident of medicine and the miracle of technology. You are alive to bring glory in your golden age. <laughs>